Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a small business owner, entrepreneur, investor, kind of an improv artist and very, very neurotic. I'm a TV host and your host right now for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It is a Dweebs Global production where you can go for free mentorship help. They give resume help. They do mental health assistance. You name it, they have it. They have over 500 volunteers from around the world, every language. It's completely free and confidential, dweebsglobal.org. So I'm here today with Brendan Roy. Brendan served in the U.S. Coast Guard, was a U.S. Border Patrol agent, and is now a father with an awesome podcast called Dads Worldwide. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I just got to say that Dweebs Global, that what they do, I mean, free, just free mental health assistance alone, unbelievable. That's, I mean, that, that's huge. That's huge. It's a very cool uh, organization. And yeah. It's got some great people running it and some wonderful volunteers. So that's awesome. So, yeah. If you're interested in helping out, reach out, you know, reach out to Nathan afterwards. Well, I could so. make some people laugh, but I don't know what I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So did you dabble in comedy or anything? Was it a... Oh, no, no, no. I just, I love comedy. I, I uh, uh, my brother and I just, I mean, ever since I could remember, we've been watching stand-up. Never got urge to try it yourself? Oh, no, I'm, I'm awful. Oh, no, no, I'm awful. <laughs> I wouldn't be any good at it. I wouldn't be any good at it, you know? You got a welcoming presence, though, I'd assume. Yeah. I, do, I do improv. I never thought I would do any sort of com comedy and just taking the classes and being involved in it. It's so much fun. It's, it's awesome. So have you done stand-up? I have not done stand-up, but I'm thinking yeah. about taking some classes. Yeah. And that's yeah, it. I mean, I, I see the allure and I do, uh, I used to, I did theater when I was in high school and stuff like that. And I loved it. I love being on stage. I love, you know, you know, doing that type of stuff. Uh, but I don't know if I was any good at it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, I still don't know. If and I don't have the time. I don't have the time. So it's just, yeah. With no, three kids in the house and yeah, it just doesn't doesn't come i get you i i still ha don't think i'm very good at it <laughs> but i have so much fun doing it so yep i don't really yeah. care <laughs> yeah there you go there yeah. you go that so sounds like my podcast <laughs> I, I have so much fun doing it I'm not sure people like it but hey i love it and i'm gonna continue to do it yeah that, that's what matters yeah, so what, what is what is the podcast i might as well talk about that right now okay uh dad's worldwide uh we started uh, about two years ago uh, we're over 100 episodes now. Uh, yeah, it was just, I, I was actually going to start a plumbing podcast, actually, believe it or not, because I was listening to a lot of the, uh, I, I start, did a search for plumbing podcasts. I, I've been, I love podcasts. I listen to a ton of them. I just, I have so many in the queue. I don't even know where to start. So I was going to, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start one. I talked to my best friend. I said, Hey man, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast, plumbing mm -hmm. podcast. Well, he just, he was like, Oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. So, uh, well, he was, he's not a plumber and he's not it really in the plumbing field or anywhere adjacent to it. So it really wasn't going to work. <laughs> so he was an expecting father at the time. So, uh, and it turned out I was too, we didn't know yet, but, uh, yeah, so we just, we, and I already had two children. So we decided to do the dad thing and uh, the first, uh, quite a few months were just, uh, you know, what to expect when you're expecting type thing. And uh, as a, on a father's perspective, uh, but we did other things. We uh, interview anyone who's interesting, mothers, fathers. Uh, we had a Bigfoot hunter on, uh, Ronnie LeBlanc from uh, Expedition Bigfoot on the Travel Channel. Uh, he, he came on a couple of times, UFOs and all everything supernatural, you know, he, what a super nice guy. It was one of the funnest episodes we've done. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, from a, it's really from a dad's perspective. It's not so much, uh, 
you know, we're only having dads on, but yeah. Okay. Sorry, but that was the longhand version. I hope you were expecting. That. No, that was that was that was great. That was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please. Yeah. Sounds like a fun. I'm a dad. I have 11 and nine year old boys. So yeah. oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll I know. I just saw. Re- I just saw a really funny. It was a TikTok or a Twitter short video, yeah. and the guy was. Uh, being interviewed like he like it was after like a football game and he was you know like the coach i literally and... just watched that how hilarious was that <laughs> it was so good i was so jealous i'm like that was so funny that was brilliant i wish oh, i had it's... thought of it yeah as, as yeah. soon as she started writing writing markers on the on the wall and dropping her milk bottle we knew we were behind <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> he's like you only up. took three bites that's on me that's on me <laughs> it was so good yeah that was hilarious i'll have to post yeah. the link to that underneath this podcast there's so many talented fathers out there mm-hmm. uh i and that's one great thing that if if my podcast ends tomorrow uh i feel really lucky to have met a lot of great people uh i people really dump on uh on social media a lot and it can be awful it can be really negative and can be uh, twitter for some reason is very negative uh i try not to be you try to surround yourself with good people so i try to block out the the nastiness but um but Instagram has been really fantastic for finding, you know, like-minded people. And uh, when we first started, there wasn't very many dad podcasts or shows out there. And now there's a ton. So, but it's great. I, I really enjoy, I enjoy watching them and, uh, and listening to them. So it's, yeah, it's, the, so it's stuff like that. that get the dad after the, the press conference, it just, it, it kills me. It makes me laugh. Oh, I was crying. I've said it to like everyone I know. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, everyone, please check out the podcast. So dads worldwide, correct? Thank you. Yes. Dads worldwide. All right. So I wanted to get into, it just fascinates me, or I have a lot of questions that have any to do with being a border patrol agent. Yes. Yep. So how did you, why did you become one? how did you become one? Uh, okay. So after the Coast Guard, uh, I, I was in the middle of my plumbing apprenticeship after I left the United States Coast Guard and uh, I wanted to try law enforcement. And I, th- I tried uh, interviewing for local police departments and I don't know, it really, I really wasn't into it. And then uh, um, first, somehow I saw a, an advertisement for Border Patrol and and it was looked awesome. I mean, they were riding ATVs, they're riding horses, they were, you know, doing all this cool stuff. And uh, uh, my brother just laughed at me. He's like, "Why would you want to do that?" <laughs> like, and I'm like, ah, "I don't know. It looks cool, you know." Uh, you know, at the time I'm single. You know, I was like, "Well, what you? Know, what am I going to lose to move down to the Southwest?" You know, and uh, and yeah. So it that uh, that hiring process at the at the time. I don't know how it is now. It, it was crazy. It, I, it took a year to get hired. Really? What was mm-hmm. the hiring process? Why was that so difficult? So you, you first, you take an application, right? Yeah, you send that in and then uh, they send you out uh, to get a physical mm-hmm. and then you get a, uh, a written exam and the written exam is not that bad. Uh, the first part of it. The second part of it is if you know Spanish or you don't know Spanish. So if you don't know Spanish, you have to, t- you have to take uh, a, what do they call it? an artificial language exam. So basically they make up a language, they tell you what it is, and then you have to uh, answer questions on that fake language. (laughs) So it sounds difficult. I don't even, it makes no sense to me. (laughs) Explain that. (laughs) I don't even know how to tell you. Like they, they make up words and they tell you what the words mean but then they tell you what you know the sentence structure and then like it is crazy i don't know how i passed the thing but i did so uh it it, yeah so they 
they literally make up a language for that artificial language exam. So, uh, but if you so know Spanish, like a- if you know Spanish, then you just take, they have a Spanish exam and then you take that Spanish exam. Yeah. I think they're basically what they're trying to do is figure out what your, if you can learn a new language and how quickly you can adapt because you're, when you go to the Academy that, that you're expected to learn how to speak Spanish. Okay. Got you. So you're almost like decoding something. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really. That's really what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it took a, so it took a year for you to. Yeah. And then to... after that, um, after the physical, after the written exam, you have to take uh, an interview. And that's three border patrol agents asking you questions. Uh, and then I think it's about four questions, five questions, long form. Okay. And then uh, also another, it's a, a PT test as well. So uh, uh, was that, yeah. So there's a medical, a physical, and then, you know, and so, and then from there it took about six months for me to get hired. So almost a full year. Okay. And then is it, is it training? Is there any sort of like boot camp or? Yes. Uh, the Academy it's, is, a f- it was when I went through four and a half weeks, you're living in Artesia, New Mexico at dorms at the, uh, for, uh, federal law enforcement training center. And it's not that bad. You know, it's Monday through Friday, you know, uh, kind of nine to five, you do have some night trainings that you have to hit up. Uh, but they pack a lot of information in that Monday through Friday in that, that amount of time you, you and you know, you're studying at night, uh, especially I'm learning how to speak Spanish. Uh, the native speakers, uh, have an advantage, because mm-hmm. they don't have to necessarily learn, you know, they're not, they're not studying that. Whereas I'm studying Spanish, studying immigration law, studying uh, applied authorities as far, you know, as far as what you can and can't do on the, you know, kind of civil law type thing. Uh, so I'm studying it all <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the native speakers don't have to do as much when it comes to that. So. Gotcha. Yep. yep. Got you. All right. So then you get hired and then you're doing border patrol. Were you driving around the cool off-road vehicles? And Yes. Uh, well, so my first, uh, my first assignment was down in Alamogordo, New Mexico, uh, where it's a checkpoint station. There's two checkpoints. It's about 75 miles north of the border. And I'd love to tell you how many cars go through there every day, but I do not remember, <laughs> but there's a lot. It's crazy. So if you're coming north from El Paso, or uh, east from Las Cruces, New Mexico, then you're hitting these checkpoints. And basically what the interior enforcement is doing is trying to, whatever they missed at the border, you're going to be getting there. So what we got a lot of, uh, you know, drug loads, you get, um, you get a few smuggling loads, uh, even people trying to go around uh, the checkpoints, that type of thing. So this is uh, more people coming in on cars Mm-hmm. People, and they're mostly going yeah. through the checkpoints or they're just trying to you know, yeah so basically they've already s- snuck over the border oh, so, they and... snuck, so they didn't go through any first checkpoint they went around no 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 uh, chances are chances are that they they made it through the front the front line and they're they're they've made their way north uh you know the smuggler has got them north so yeah they, they've right. or they came through on the train or you know something like that so what was the majority of the people you stopped? Were they drug dealers? They just people trying to come? Were they? Oh, I, I mean, 90, 99% of people are just, they're commuters from El Paso to Alamogordo or Las Cruces to, to Alamogordo. Uh, they're, uh, 
you know, that, that 1% and I'm, I'm throwing out figures, but I'm really, it's, it's, it's just very few. We, you know, we, we get drug load, we got drug loads. It just wasn't a significant amount. Uh, You know, whether or not we missed a bunch (laughs) you don't know, (laughs) or yeah, you don't know what you don't know what you don't know. Right. And yeah. And then, uh, and then we still get human smuggling as well. So, Got you. Yeah, yeah, I know everything you're saying is kind of anecdotal to an extent because it's what your experience was. So absolutely, absolutely. Great. Yeah, this is my experience. Not this is not Border Patrol telling you. Yeah. So <laughs> my opinion alone. This yeah. is all solid proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see these stats. Oh, uh-huh, sure. we're gonna we're gonna solve the border crisis by talking to you today, and we're gonna. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, was it a lot of families coming across? Was it a lot of just? As far as as far as illegally, yeah. As far as illegally, yeah. Uh, it's a mixture. Uh, but I would say uh, it's mostly adults, and they're you know not necessarily family units, mm-hmm. and they, yeah, most of them just want to go work. They you know they don't you know, um, but right. I I I have caught a lot of people that also you know, drunken disorderlies and assaults, murder, pedophiles, uh, you know, rapists. So I've, I've caught these bad people too, you know, so it's, there's, but I would say the majority of people, uh, you know, they're just, they're really just looking to go work. Got you. How do you know who to stop? How do you know who's made it legally through the first checkpoint and who hasn't? So anyone coming through those checkpoints has a stop. You have no choice. And you get asked if you're a U.S. citizen or not. Uh, the, so you, if you evade the checkpoint, then, you know, we're kind of, we're coming after you. There's, there's always chase cars available. And uh, unless we're super busy, we're, we're going to find you. Um, but we there, I'm not there anymore. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, it, it, so anyone coming through the checkpoint asks, you know, what their citizenship is. Uh, a lot of times we get buses from Mexico that come up. So we got to check, make sure everyone's got visas, uh, proper visas. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, fraudulent visas is a pretty big thing as well. So really, they, yeah, they do a pretty good job sometimes, but, uh, okay. there's, yeah, there's certain security features, <laughs> that you just, it's very hard to fake them. So, uh, you know, but there's, some are better than others. So when you, when you say you arrested uh, like pedophiles and criminals and rapists and stuff, how did you know that that's what they were? Because they have been in the United States previously and they've been charged and booked under those types of things. So when we catch someone, we arrest them, we run their fingerprints and it goes through the NCIC database. And if they have a record, it will pop up. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What, do they get in extra trouble? Is there something else that happens at that point other than just being extradited? If they're a felon and they've been previously removed, then they'll be set up for removal and they'll be in jail until generally they'll be in jail until uh, aggravated felon, I should say, if they're an aggravated felon. So if they have assault, you know, uh, you know, rape or any, you know, pedophiles, anything like that, they're going to be sent to jail and they're not going to be able to leave until they're removed from the United States, generally. So, do they, yeah, do they go to jail back in Mexico or are they just... No. So they can just try to come again right back over? Yep. <laughs> Seems like, I feel like there should be a better system for that. 
Yeah, I mean, the system's definitely not perfect. If uh, even re-entry after removal, that actually is a felony and can make they can make you serve up to two to three years. I think it was okay. at least two years. Um, and unless you've had three re-entries, an in a, in a, uh, assistant U.S. attorney is not, doesn't even want to look at it. They don't Got care. Got you. How did you feel doing the job? Was it a job you felt like it was uh, rewarding? Uh, sometimes, I guess it's a good answer. I, when I stop to put people that are really bad people, uh, you know, a gang member that, you know, is wanted for murder, uh, you know, someone else who's had an assault charge, who's wanted by the, you know, U.S. Marshals, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that person I, I don't believe should be on the streets, you know, they need to be, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, people that just want to work. Ah, you know, that kind of sucks. I, I know I would be doing the same thing. So I try to give them as fair a shake as I can. I've, I, I, anyone, I, anyone I've arrested, um, I treat with as much respect as I possibly can until, until they deserve otherwise. I would be doing the same thing if I were in their shoes. Right. Exactly the same thing. There's no doubt in my mind that, it, uh, you know, I would, oh, oh, you just have to go a couple thousand miles north and, you know, things are better. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Let's do this, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. And I think I really kind of, I would piss my bosses off because uh, when we got a decent person and they say like, Hey, I have a visa. I'm like, okay. I would go to the ends of the earth to, if they were telling the truth, I would, I, I would advocate for them. And I would, you know, I was like, okay, who can we call? We need to get it faxed over. I was like, I, if it's, if it's real, I need a number. I can look it up. I said, yeah, let's do this. You know? And, um, I say most of the time people are lying to you when they tell you that, but, but yeah. I, I I'm all for giving a fair shake and, you know, and um, so, yeah, I, I, I really tried to be an advocate for people that deserved it for sure. Right. It's, it's unfortunate that the ones that I guess are arrested mistakenly or have the real visa ended up getting, end up getting treated like the ones that don't. Cause you just, just yeah. 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 And I, and I, so long and you just start assuming that. Yeah. 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 And, um, there's a lot of guys that have been there a long time and they just want to type, 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 type. All right, get them out of here. They don't care. They don't care. You know, and, I, and that's unfortunate, you right. know, so I'm not that type of person. I care about people. I want to do the right thing. I certainly don't want to wrongfully arrest somebody. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So. Yeah. Okay. In the part that you were uh, monitoring, was there, was there a wall? Was there fencing? Was there. No. So I, like I told you, uh, I was 75 miles North in my Southern border. I guess I should continue on, uh, after about two and a half, three years, I, uh, put in for a transfer and I got a transfer up to Northern New Hampshire, nor Northern Vermont. So, and I spent the rest of my career, what ended up being the rest of my career up there. And yeah, and even there, there's no borders, there's no walls. There's a couple of fences that you can hop over, you know, but, uh, there's, there's nothing nothing okay so nowhere you served had any any sort of protection at all nope nope not even technology wise you think nowadays technology would be a good thing to do not even that's true wall, uh yeah of... so yes so uh they started come that started coming into uh while i was there on the northern border that was more and more what they were using uh they were using cameras and sir ir sensors seismic sensors that type of thing so there 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 are ways it's just uh it's just a different kind of wall, I guess. All right. Any crazy experiences you had while you were out there? Oh man. I, have you ever seen a thousand pounds of marijuana? That's pretty interesting. 
Um, I've seen, uh, I've seen people stuff 150 pounds into a gas tank, um, spare tires, um, people wearing it on their body. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you, we you smell it when you walk up to them. Is it just, <laughs> uh, sometimes yeah. we had some, we had one, we had, we had four guys pull up to the checkpoint and it was like two in the morning <laughs> right there. It's like, okay, what's going on? You know? Uh, Cause you don't, you know, at two in the morning at this checkpoint, you're getting maybe one car an hour. Uh, so they showed up and as soon as they opened the window, it was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I was like, guys, you could have at least tried, you know, something. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was, uh, that was, Oh, Oh, I should tell you. <laughs> so, uh, you know who Aaron Lewis is? The band, the band stained. Okay. Uh, he's a front man. Um, uh, but he's also got a country career now. Uh, his, he did a live show in El Paso and he was pulling through the checkpoint and when his tour bus came through, the guy opened the window and like a bu- big puff of marijuana smoke <laughs> came out of the bus. <laughs> I got, we got a ball off the bus and we searched it, but we didn't find anything. I guess they smoked it all between El Paso and El Magordo. I don't know. <laughs> quickly so, ate, that, ate that last joint. Or- <laughs> yeah, right. Someone was in there eating it while we were, while they were searching it. I was still a trainee at the time and I was scared to death to, to send them into secondary. I was like, and I like Aaron Lewis. Like I like the band. <laughs> so it was like, it was like a double hit for me. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm never gonna be able to get this guy's guy's autograph now. <laughs> Just pulled over his tour bus. Could have uh, gotten a backstage passage to let him go. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what does yeah. a thousand pounds of marijuana look like? What does that? <laughs> oh, it's just bundle after bundle, and it's amazing, like the ingenuity that uh, they put into hiding it. Like where, where have you, where the most this was in a low boy trailer. So um, when you see an excavator going uh, down the road with a semi, you know, that trailer that's got the U in it, the dip, mm-hmm. it was in, it was inside that trailer. There's like, where do you put it? Well, they, they would hollow out the wood and the frames and they would just stuff it in there, stuff bundles, you know, bundles of bricks about yay big uh, for people that are listening. I guess it's about eight by <laughs> six, you know, bricks, um, you know, two inches thick. Uh, yeah. And they just, I mean, like they stuff it wherever they can put it. Like I told you, like in uh, uh, the gas tank, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll encase it in a steel case. They'll weld it shut and then they'll put it in the gas tank. And that that's where your interview techniques comes in this, you know, this guy, pulled up and you're talking to him and he's real nervous and you know where are you going you know i'm going to amalogordo you know and okay well it's it's alamogordo he goes no nope amalogordo like okay <laughs> what are you doing there i'm going shopping okay so he's coming from el paso going to el paso's got everything i don't know if ever anyone's ever been to el paso it's got everything okay <laughs> it's huge now he's going to alamogordo no, of no a, reason, ta- no a reason town of like there. thirty thousand, it's got a super Walmart. It was like, that's it. <laughs> it's like, you're going shopping? Yeah, yeah, I'm going shopping. And he wouldn't break from the Alamogordo Amalogordo. He was insistent that it was Amalogordo. So it's one of those things when they train you to go through the checkpoints, they hammer you like, do not break from your story. Like you stick to it because as soon as you change, like that brings in more suspicion. So. He just wouldn't break. And uh, then we had a dog, you know, uh, run on the vehicle and it hit. So 
yeah and then from there you have cameras that can look in the gas tank while there's gas in there that was pretty cool um we also have density meters and i guess it uses a i think it's a sonar type thing but it was a brick uh, you know, another brick that I'm showing people, um, but uh, <laughs> uh, another brick that you just put it up there, you push a button and it'll tell you how dense it is. And, you know, and gas isn't that dense. So, you, you know, it should. So if you get a huge reading, you know that, you know, there's probably something in there. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's right. very interesting. Certain some of the things we got to do yeah ingenuity that's it's it's, they really are i mean just i mean they uh, unbelievable i mean it's just some of the things that i've seen so yeah where would they hide people oh you want to talk about ingenuity yeah yeah (laughs) again again anywhere they can um there's joke there's pictures out there where you know you open a glove box and you see someone's face and it's not a joke that's what they'll do they'll hide people in dashes you know i mean it is i it's crazy what the uh there was another one uh, a picture of people like underneath the vehicle and they like they they brace themselves up underneath the vehicle like underneath like just just yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy they i mean that they're that desperate to come in yeah and they probably paid a lot of money to do it wow wow you wonder how many just don't make it because they're hit a rock or something like that's that's unbelievable that's crazy and that's one of the awful things uh the market for trafficking humans is huge a billion dollar market and yeah a lot of people don't get it women get raped um and beaten and uh, a lot of times they get left in the desert in cars and blacks of trucks it's awful it's awful. I, these human smugglers, human traffickers are absolutely horrifically disgusting human beings. A lot of them. So yeah, they're just, they, they get the money and then they just don't care. Yeah. They don't care what happens to you. They got their money. Yep. And if you flip on them, they'll hurt your family. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the cartels are doing it as well. They're running, they're running human trafficking rings. So really is that is that mostly women that they're trying to bring into no it's not just it's not just sex traffickers it's also you know just human smuggling because they can charge you ten thousand dollars and they're like i'll give you three tries to make it over we'll get you over in three tries at least and you know if your three tries are up then you gotta pay again wow so yeah it's amazing i you know you just talk to the people and you're like yeah how much did it cost to come over oh five grand and he got caught. I'm sending him home. They're gonna try again tomorrow. And it's oh. different on the. It's much different on the northern border. On the northern border, they've you know uh, whether they came. I, I I've arrested. Keep in mind people from Belarus, Moldova, uh, Mexico, Brazil <clears throat> on the northern border. So it's not just the southern border. But what they do is they go on vacation to Montreal. Air quotes, um, and they find their way to the border, find a place to cross jump over the fence that's it yeah um did you was there any fall any false positives with the dogs the dogs ever make mistakes oh yeah. A, yeah 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 i mean uh they're not perfect by any means they're not perfect and it depends on the the handler a lot too i mean i i pulled over aaron lewis's tour bus and i could smell weed like it was going out of style and the dog that ran that bus said there was nothing there <laughs> that could have been the 
So the trainer just not wanting to find it. <laughs> that have been- I would agree with that statement wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was two o'clock in the morning and he was probably missing his nap. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, is there anything about the border patrol you wish the general public had better knowledge of or or so with this whole child detention thing uh this year last year year before uh he, they they get accused of being pretty awful people and i'm obviously biased but i know a lot of them i know a, a lot of border patrol agents and a lot of them are fathers and mothers and they're family people and they're not the awful people that are are they're being that they're being portrayed as so uh, I do feel kind of bad for that, you know, that they're being portrayed like that. Uh, they're not a lot of them, you know, and they say that they're racist and that type of thing, which doesn't make sense. I mean, if they only knew how much of the border patrol was Hispanic, <laughs> it's just absurd. It's totally absurd. Gotcha. I, I yeah. wonder why that comes across, why people think that then. I think it's a political thing. I think it's just an easy way to, you know, compare them to Nazis or something like that, you know right just easy yeah i guess i always kind of thought it was you know it was border patrol agents are doing what they're supposed to do as far as what they're being told to do they're you know they have people in command and they're being told to do certain things um just like any other job or anything out there you're going to have your bad seeds you're going to have oh yeah there's nothing you can do about that uh and and with a law enforcement agency that you know is twenty five thousand people deep i mean the odds are that you're going to have an awful person in the ranks yeah, of course. Right. I could tell you stories of that too. But I mean, that's, you know, you know, sexual favors for visas and, you know, stuff like that. We used to have a wall of shame on the computer. You could just look up and see what the person got charged with and that type of thing. Yeah, so, please. yeah, I, I mean, it, it's awful. But again, I mean, and that's just the Border Patrol. 25,000, I think there were 22,000 agents when I left. I want to say around there, 22,000 agents, but 25,000 people, you know, with support staff and that type of thing. Um, the, you know, with that type of, you know, that, so customs and border protection, also people that are running the ports of entry, the airports and that, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, there's even more of them. So you, you, uh, yeah, you're going to have bad apples. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you hear right now, you, I, you know, I hear on the news and I hear from my friends down in Texas, oh my God, the border's worse now than it's ever been. But it seems like it just keeps repeating itself. The reality is, it just gets really bad at times. And this is probably the same bad that it was three years ago or two years ago. It's almost like seasonal or, or is it so, worse now? Or so tra- it much- I, well, I mean, it's worse now than it was a year ago. Right. You know, is it worse now than it was in when Trump uh, had that influx or when or I should say the Trump administration, not him personally, but, right. but you know, when the administration had that or when the Obama administration had that influx, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look at the numbers, but uh, it's bad. It's definitely bad. Uh, and we don't have the room to house all of those people. But if you tell them that you're not going to, if you tell human traffickers that you're not going to charge certain people, you know, you're just going to let them into the United States, then they're, they're going to start bringing people. Right. They're making money. If they're getting you across and you're staying, they're making money. They're more than happy to do it. Right. And I guess when news gets out that no one's being charged and there's no consequences, then it, yeah, 
Right. And that's a, a lot of times what they would do, what they would do is they would, uh, they would find out that we were not charging people in a certain area of Texas. So they would move all their operations to Texas. And then they find out, oh, they're going to start charging people and people are going to be held in jail, but not in Arizona. Well, they'll move to Arizona. They, they're not stupid. And, you know, these people have, you know, like I said, the wall of shame, right? They've got snitches. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're incredibly on top of it, mm-hmm. which is wild. <laughs> they're good at what they do. <laughs> it's, it's just a shame how, how much lately it seems like everything's being blamed on people coming in the country. Even if that might not be the number one problem with our country, it seems like that's like a big focus of what people like to point it to, you know? Yeah. I, I, again, the, you know, where does the empathy come in? Where do you realize that they're just, a lot of these people are just, they're just looking for work. Right. Just like us, and, just like our parents and grandparents who came and so yeah. that had, to, had to make that work. I don't know. So I'm not bright enough. <laughs> I mean, technically those people came through a port of entry, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was a lot more open at the time. Yeah, it was, it was. And, and we could talk about legal immigration. I mean, legally, the, you know, the United States gives out over a million visas and people say, well, we need to, we need to make it easier for people to come over. Okay. Well then what number of people do you want into the United States per year? Do you just want, I mean, some people would just be happy if it were wide open. Right. Uh, but then then what happens i don't know yeah then what happens and uh and then the other thing i guess the other thing i would want people to know is that some people do they get on welfare they get on WIC, they get on these systems because they're working under the table and there's one thing that welfare departments don't care about is whether or not you're an illegal alien now again i don't i don't care if these people truly need help then i i don't really care mm-hmm. however people that are saying that no they don't they can't collect that they don't know what they're talking about i've seen the cards i've seen i've seen you know i've seen the the mass health cards i've seen it so you can't tell me that they're not collecting i know they're collecting it it is a thing um now not everyone does it not everyone comes here just to get on wic and get on welfare i mean because let's be serious it's really not that much money but um but these people are working under the table so they have no income Right, right. I mean, they, they kind of so. have to, <laughs> they have to find a way to, to make it, yeah, absolutely. make it work. Yep. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about all this. Um, uh, my pleasure. It. I think I learned a lot. <laughs> I think I'm more confused than I ever was yeah. in a good way because you, you, you gave me a lot to think about, which was good. You... <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And I think you should do improv or comedy. You that, to... Yeah. You always, have, you always have a Seth Rogen laugh. You haven't been told this. Oh no, I haven't been told. There's something <laughs> about your voice. You have a, it's a slight sound of Seth Rogen too. But anyway, uh, I don't know if I should be insulted or no. <laughs> He's great. He's great. He's hilarious. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, but thank you again. I want people to check out your your podcast. So it's Dad's Worldwide. Where can they? How can they easily find it? Oh, anywhere you can get podcasts, we're going to be there. And if we're not, tell me because I want to get there. Uh, and uh, and dadsworldwide.com, you know, it, it has all our information there. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Again, this has been Second Scene. It's a Dweeb's Global Production. You can go there for free mentorship help. Uh, we have over 500 mentors, anything from mental health to resume writing. They have it for you, dweebsglobal.org. 
And you were saying you didn't know what you could do. Everyone can be a help. Anyone can yeah. help. <laughs> I'll help you navigate the immigration system. There you yeah, go. Yeah. That's a huge thing. <laughs> the best places to cross. What are we going to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think I get in trouble for that one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>